Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Amen, amen. Good morning. Let's get ready to get into God's Word today. We are continuing our roll through the Sermon on the Mount, going verse by verse, trying to understand how Jesus wants us to live. And it is His kindness to us. He's given us these instructions, how to handle our anger, how to handle our, our struggle in relationships, how to handle all kinds of, of struggle of being human. And, and God has gifted us with the Sermon on the Mount, so we're trying to take this a piece at a time to understand the details how Jesus wants us to live. This morning, we are in this fifth part of the series in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. It'll be up on your screen. And by the way, if you don't own a copy of the Bible that's easy to read, if you don't have your own personal copy of the Scriptures, we'd love to give you one. We want to make sure everybody who wants a Bible can have a Bible. So if you don't have one, if you'll stop by the Starting Point Center on your way out this morning in the lobby and say, hey, can I have one of the Bibles? They will hook you up. That'll be yours to keep. That's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody can have a Bible who wants a Bible. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. You guys awake? You ready to go? How about again? You guys awake? Ready? Let's go. All right. I love it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Let's read that again. It's so short. Blessed are the merciful. So Jesus is, is talking to a group of people up on the side of a mountain, the people who believe in him, the people who love him, they have gathered around him, he has sat down to teach them, and he's saying all these things to them, blessed are you who mourn, blessed are you who are poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, and, he, and those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and he's looking at them, and he says, blessed are you if you're merciful, for you will be shown mercy. Now, this verse can sound like a conditional verse, and I want to make sure we understand that we interpret this correctly. Jesus is not saying that you will receive mercy only if you show mercy. But what Jesus is trying to teach us in this verse, what Jesus is saying is, is that the people who are merciful, when they are merciful to other people, They are revealing that they have experienced mercy for themselves and that mercy is going to keep on coming in their lives. Blessed are the merciful, those who show mercy, because when they show mercy, they reveal that they've experienced, they've tasted mercy for themselves, and they're going to keep on experiencing it in their life. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Let's break this apart a little bit with the word blessed. We're trying to make sure we understand this word all the time. Blessed is an observation. Jesus is is pointing this out to people. If this is you, if you're merciful, then you're blessed. And he's trying to say to them, way to go. Congratulations. Boy, it's really good to be you if you're merciful. You should be happy. Congrats to you. If you're merciful, that's right where you need to be. Way to go. Awesome. Oh, you're merciful? Great. You are right where God wants you. So, blessed, or to be congratulated, or awesome, that's such a great place to be if you are merciful, for you will be shown mercy. Let's get a good definition of mercy going this morning to help us as we think through this teaching. It'll come up on your screen. But mercy is compassion in action. 
choosing to get involved to release someone from their suffering or consequences. Let me break this down a little bit for you. First of all, mercy is compassion. It's when you see someone else struggling. You see someone else suffering. Maybe it's because something bad has happened to them. It could be a a natural disaster. It could be a loss in their life. It could be some betrayal that they've gone through. But you see them suffering and your heart goes out to them. You want to move toward them. You kind of have an, oh, it must be so difficult to be them right now. And that causes you to move toward them. That compassion, that hurting for them when they've suffered. And But it's not even maybe something that they've suffered because something's happened to them. It could also be their own consequences. Have you ever had the, the, the realization one, once upon a time where you had to endure some consequences and you have no one else to blame but yourself? That you're in a hole and you dug it? Sometimes there are people around you who have just made foolish choices. They've made bad decisions. They have walked off the edge of the cliff. Maybe they even ran off the edge of the cliff. And they're in a world of hurt. And they're in some consequences for their choices. And mercy is when you have compassion toward them. Yep, they blew it. But it must be so hard to be them right now. My heart breaks for what they're having to sit in right now. My heart breaks for what they're having to endure right now. My heart breaks for the fact that they're probably swimming in an ocean of regret right now. Compassion in action. It's choosing to get involved and release someone from their suffering or their consequences. So if it's someone around you who has suffered from some experience that they've gone through, mercy is wanting to get in there and try to help make it better. If someone around you has gone through some consequences of their own bad choices, their own foolishness, mercy is caring about them compassionately and wanting to step into their mess and help make it better. So compassion, inaction, choosing to get involved to release someone from their suffering or their consequences. You see this sometimes in a court of law where someone has committed a heinous act and they are sentenced to death. And they can go before the judge and they can appeal and plead for what? Mercy. Mercy. How about life in prison instead of lethal injection? They can ask to be released from their consequences. This is the definition of mercy that we're going to kind of roll with today, and this is what was going on in the heart of Jesus as he was there on the hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. I spent some time this weekend looking at mercy um, um, all throughout the Bible, the word mercy, the word merciful, and I want to kind of walk you through four things this morning that, that we see throughout the scriptures about mercy and how you and I are called as the people of Jesus to be merciful, and we are called as the people of Jesus to continue crying out to God for ongoing mercy, because we need it. Amen? We need it. So let's jump in together in these four things and trying to understand what it is to be merciful and to receive mercy, to give mercy. Number one, in the, in the scriptures, we see lots about um, mercy in our salvation. Mercy in our salvation. 
We're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 2, first of all. I'm going to give you a couple of passages here. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in what? Mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Because of his great love, God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive even when we were dead in our transgressions. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at Titus chapter 3, verse 5. He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. We were in our own consequences. Every bit of judgment that was in our future, we earned it. We had rebelled against holy God. We had rejected his way. We had rejected his leadership. We had despised his path. And we had ignored his authority. And we had said no to his fatherhood. And we said, I can do it myself. I can go my own way. I'll do my own thing. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it my way. We had defied holy God. And we are saved in Jesus Not because anything we have done, but because God is rich in mercy. He had compassion on our consequences. And what did he do? This is the great story. God, in his love, gave his only son Jesus to die on the cross for your guilt and for mine. Hallelujah. God got involved in the mess of our consequences. He did not leave us in our helpless state. He did not leave us in our separation from him. He did not leave us on the path toward eternal judgment. But God, in his love, he's full of mercy. And we didn't do anything. He did everything. He gave us son Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and God accepted that death, that blood that was shed as payment in full for your guilt and my guilt. God raised Jesus from the dead and he's alive right now. And God has looked to us and he has looked to the world and he has said, if you will believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he really did die and rise again for sin, and if you will follow him as the Lord and leader of your life and become his disciple, you can be saved. Not because you will earn it, not because you're able to clean up your act, not because you're able to be, able to be well-behaved or self-controlled, but because I am a God of mercy. You were stuck and I got involved, says God to give you release. Is that good news to anybody today? Man, that's awesome. So we see mercy in the scriptures related to our salvation. Let's look at one more, 1 Peter 1, 3. 1 Peter 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in his great, what? Mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope. We are people of hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
from the dead. This verse celebrates the fact that we are who we are only by the mercy of God. And the mercy of God has not only forgiven our past wrongs, but it is the security of our future hope. And we stand before God not to plead how good we were. We stand before God to step into the mercy he has provided through his son Jesus. And that's why we need to be like Pete. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who saw us in our consequences, who saw us stuck. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because he got involved. It was compassion in action. He gave his innocent son to pay for guilty people. Wow. We see mercy in the scriptures in salvation. Number two, we see mercy as compassionate help, compassionate help. One of the greatest examples of this is in Scripture when Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan. Do you remember this? There was a man who was traveling on the road to Jericho and some robbers came upon him and just beat him within an inch of his life. And he was there bleeding and dying and stripped and robbed on the side of the road. And some people passed by. There were some godly people, some educated people, some religious people who passed by and they just ignored him and went on the other side and said, I don't want to get involved in that mess. Or I'm better than them. Or they should have known better. And Jesus tells a story, but then there was a Samaritan who came. And when he saw him there on the side of the road, naked, and robbed, and beaten, and dying, and bleeding. He took pity on him. Mercy. He had compassion on him. He felt, oh, it must be so bad to be him right now. I want to take action. I want to step into his mess right now and do what I can. And so if you know the story, he bound up the man's wounds he poured oil on them and salve on them and bandaged him up and he put him up on his own animal and he escorted him to an inn to like a hotel where he could rest, where he could recover. And he said to the innkeeper, look, I got to keep traveling here on the road to Jericho but I don't know this guy, but here's some money to take care of his, of his needs while I'm gone and it's all I've got. And if it costs more, when I'm passing back this way, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that too. Just, just help this guy take care of him. Wow. The Bible teaches us that mercy looks like compassionate help. When people are stuck, when people are wounded, when people are in their consequences, when people are suffering, when people, when people have been beaten and robbed by life. Stepping in is what Jesus is calling us to this morning. Blessed are the merciful Jesus is the one who told the story. Let's look at the last couple of verses of this, this story here in Luke chapter 10, verses 36 and 37. 
Jesus concludes the story and say, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert of the law replied, well, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. We're here at the Sermon on the Mount. We're looking at the details for how Jesus wants us to live. Friends, young and old, Jesus is calling you out today to live in mercy, to be a mercy giver, to be merciful. In your adult life, step into the one who's got struggle going on at home and listen to them and pray with them and believe God can heal and restore marriages and family relationships. We believe that, don't we? Hello? Students, at your school, if you see someone being bullied or taken advantage of or mistreated or excluded and left out, you see them in a situation of need and they are stuck and they are being treated so unkindly. Step into that moment and be a mercy giver. And when no one else will give them help, when no one else will be their friend, you be their friend. When no one else will talk to them or invite them to sit with them, when no one else will care about them, be merciful and step into their struggle. This is how Jesus wants us to live. Compassionate help is messy. I know of a man who had quadruple bypass surgery not too long ago. And in the recovery process, all the muscles in his body and his systems weren't fully restored to, to hold on to everything he wanted to hold on to. And he was in bed at some point at home, and he soiled himself. Can you imagine the indignity of that moment and his embarrassment? He, he just couldn't control his muscles because of the surgery, and, and he, he just soiled himself in bed. And a family member... A family member stepped in and cleaned him off and cleaned him up and cleaned up the bed. And the whole time making effort to offset the, dig- the indignity of the moment. Not scolding this person not shaming this person, but just saying you're literally lying in your own mess in your bed and you're weeping because you're so embarrassed and you can't believe you are where you are. You can't believe you're going through what you're going through and you know you're a stronger man than that, but you feel so weak and you're so embarrassed. You don't even want to look at anybody. You can't believe this has happened. And somebody steps in and they get their hands involved and they clean up the mess. And the whole time they're not fussing at them, but they're saying, it's all right. It's really okay. I don't care. I'm not bothered by this. We're really fine. I'm going to try to give you a crack a joke right now. I'm going to try to take attention off of the indignity of this moment. Everything's okay. I'm here. I didn't run away. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. We love you. We are with you in this. Stepping into people's messes is mercy. Hello? And it's messy. And it's complicated. A lot of times, those people who've got issues going on in their lives, they're embarrassed. They, they don't know how to, help, to receive help even. 
but we still step in because this is how Jesus wants us to live like good Samaritans wherever we see the mess. Number three, so we've seen that mercy is in our salvation. We see that throughout Scripture. We see that mercy is compassionate help. We see that in Scripture in this great story of the the Good Samaritan. And number three, we see in Scripture that mercy is in prayers of repentance and asking for help. We see this all throughout Scriptures. Prayers of repentance and prayers of asking for help. Let's look at one passage here in Luke 18, verse 13. You see a story of a tax collector in repentance. He stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This was a person who was not saying, everybody look at me, I am so spiritual. Everybody look at me, I've got it all together. This was this tax collector who was just mournful and remorseful and he was so in touch with his own regret for how he had been living. And in a prayer of repentance, he called out to God for what? For mercy. I know what I deserve, but I'm asking for mercy. I am under my own consequences. I am suffering for my own choices and my own behaviors, but I'm asking to be released according to your great love, according to your compassion. Release me, God. Have mercy on me. Friends, when you find yourself in a sense of spiritual regret for the choices you have been making, when you find yourself standing in consequences for your own foolish moves or mistakes, call out to God in repentance. Don't try to be prideful. Don't try to fix it yourself. Don't try to think, pretend you have it all together. Don't try to pretend you didn't mess up. Humbly call out for mercy. There's another passage of scripture here that we need to look at in this. Um, we see in Psalm 119, 132, the psalmist says to God in a very raw moment, turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe you're in a struggle in a relationship. Maybe there's a wound that's still open in your life from something that happened to you weeks ago, months ago, years ago, decades ago. Maybe that there's a situation of sickness that you're going on, going through right now. This is the example of Scripture. Call out to your God and say, turn to me and have mercy on me. Release me from this relationship struggle. Release me from this sickness. Release me from this wound. Have mercy. On me. Matthew chapter 20, verse 30. We see the story that two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Do you have this picture? These are blind dudes sitting by the side of the road. They can't see that it's Jesus. They're just listening to the commotion. What's going on? Can, we're just kind of, what, who is this? What's happening? It's Jesus. Oh, it's that Jesus? Jesus is coming through? I don't even know where to call out to. I don't know where he is at the moment, but Jesus, Lord, Son of David, have mercy. In the middle of their condition, Their faith was strong. We've heard you can raise the dead. We've heard you can cure leprosy. We've heard you can cure the blind. We 
heard, you can cause the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. We've heard you can do anything. So with all the faith we can muster on the side of the road, we don't even know where we're shouting to because we can't see you. But we believe in you. And we're asking you for mercy. These dudes are not calling out to Jesus and going, we've been really good, so would you do us a favor? We've been really good, so would you give us what we feel like you owe us? Would you heal us? We go to church all the time. Check our attendance records. We are in the house every Sunday, so we feel like you owe us. Nope. We are, we are the definition of powerless in the ancient Near East. We can't work. We can't get around. We have to be helped. I'm just trusting my cousin who gave me these clothes that I'm wearing. I don't even know what they look like. I'm just trusting that they're not weird looking. In the ancient Near East, a blind person was so dependent and helpless. And they're calling out for mercy. Release us from this. Maybe you're walking in some kind of sickness right now. And maybe you can't even fully see God as you want to see God but would you also have a heart full of faith and let it fill up this morning and say, I've heard what you can do. And in the face of cancer, in the face of Alzheimer's, in the face of fill in the blank, God of heaven and God of every cell in this body have mercy on me and release me. One more verse here. Hebrews 4.16. The beautiful, beautiful expression of how we are to call out for mercy. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So we've seen mercy is in our salvation. Mercy is the call to be compassionate and to help others. Mercy is how we are to pray for our own repentance and also to ask God for help. And then number four, the last one, mercy is to be a big part of who we are in forgiving others. Mercy in forgiving others. Look at a couple of passages with me. Matthew 18, verse 33 to start out. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Jesus is telling a parable here. Shouldn't you have mercy? Shouldn't you have mercy? Shouldn't you have mercy? Oh, you're not going to show mercy? You're going to withhold mercy for somebody who's asking to be released? You're not going to release them? Well, let me just make it clear. This is how my Heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Not with words, but from your heart. 
One other one in James chapter 2, verse 13. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, this morning, friends. Hear the words of Jesus on the hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. He is giving us the details. He wants us to see the people around us who are struggling. He wants us to see our own struggles, and he wants mercy to be in the middle of it all. Because he is merciful. Amen? He is our example. He has shown us great, amazing, unbelievable mercy, and he wants us to live that way. He wants us to be mercy givers. He wants us to leave the house in the morning full of mercy, to be merciful so that we are giving it out and sharing it and pouring it out to people. You know why? Because we've tasted mercy. Amen? God has not dealt with us according to what we deserve. And may we never lose the wonder of his mercy. Really, God? You, you, you gave your son for us, God? And you're telling me that if I will believe, that I just have to believe and follow? Really, God? If you're merciful, if you're showing mercy and giving mercy, it indicates, it proves that you have tasted mercy. Being merciful is how you express your own gratitude to God for the mercy you've received. You've been treated with mercy, so you treat other people with mercy. And when you're merciful, blessed are you. You're right where God wants you. You're right where you need to be. Congrats. Oh, you're being merciful? Wonderful. Awesome. That's the people I want to elevate, says Jesus. Those are the people I want to highlight. I want to highlight mercy. I want to elevate mercy as the highest character of my disciples. I want to put it out there and say, listen, I want my people walking throughout the earth and spreading mercy to all the broken and suffering. Blessed. Let me tell you who's blessed. Blessed the merciful. And those who are swimming in mercy and in given mercy are going to keep swimming in more and more and more mercy of their own. Did a little research this weekend in MMA, mixed martial arts. I didn't do any. I just read about it. And Brazilian jiu-jitsu reading about some, some holds that are going on because it began to dawn on me that, that mercy is a part of, of jiu-jitsu. Mercy is a part of mixed martial arts. And, and I want you to see a couple of, couple of holds here for a minute. Here's one. Uh, this is called the guillotine hold, some version of the guillotine hold. And somebody's in this hold right here. Uh, they're stuck. The guy whose face you cannot see, he's in a world of hurt right now. He's in what's called a submission hold. He's, he's at a place right now where, where he doesn't have any recourse. He can't move a pinky, move an arm, shift his head, shift his weight, shift his neck. He can't do anything to break this move. Mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and all those other kind of wrestling things, they are chess moves. And they block you in and cut off your escape 
and they get to a place where you have no other recourse. And so the only thing that he can do is something called a tap out. Maybe you've heard of the tap out before. It's just two quick taps. Take your arm right now and do this. Just tap, two quick taps right there. That's the signal to the guy whose face you cannot see. <laughs> the guy, he, he in this moment, he finds some free hand to find some part of the person who's got a hold of him, and he goes, and that tap out is the signal for the one who has a hold on him to release. I learned as I was reading about this, you don't tap the mat, because they might not be able to hear the tap. (laughs) You tap the one who's squeezing the air out of you right now. You tap and keep, you only need to do two taps, but if he's not letting go, you keep tapping. <laughs> Tap out. There's another hold up here. This is some version of, of what's called a triangle hold. Oh my goodness. Can you even find the guy on the left's other leg? Do we even know where it is right now? He is in trouble. Look at the bottom of this frame here in this picture. Somebody's got a hold of his knuckle and his finger. Like, there's like a finger break about to happen here. This is a bad moment, a submission hold, where the guy has no other recourse but to what? Tap out. To do that quick tap right there. I was doing some reading on this, and, and this is so important. Uh, it blew my mind because in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, in wrestling, tapping out is actually connected to some very strong biblical things. Listen to this. This is from an MMA website. This says, tapping out is a plea for mercy. Listen, if I am tapping you, I am acknowledging to the person I am embroiled in conflict with that they have the advantage and that I submit. I, I can't move. I don't, I don't even go. I don't really have anything to do to make this better. I'm tapping. I'm out. It's an appeal for, for mercy. In my research, I've learned that there are some crazy people out there who think it's weak to tap out. Never tapping out. I'm never going to do that. And, and the, the MMA community, the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community is just going, man, that is absolutely wrong. It's not losing. Tapping out is not a losing moment. It's a moment of honesty. I don't have any other moves. Tapping out, listen to this, more from the website. Tapping out is a promise. I am promising to end hostility on my part if you release me. So if you got me in a hold and I tap, I'm not going to go, oh wait, you released me, now I got you. Tapping out is this agreement. One more from their website. Accepting the tap out. So if I got a hold on somebody and they tap me, accepting that and immediately full release, backing off instantly, allows one to exercise compassion. Does that sound familiar? It is an expression of mercy and bravery. I believe, I got you but I'm trusting that if I release, you're not going to turn and try to overtake me in that moment. I want you to think about your relationships right now. Some of you are in relationships and it is a jujitsu mat. 
you're saying these words and they're saying these words and you're bringing up these old mistakes and these old problems and you are trying to get each other into a hold where the other person can't escape and maybe you're at a point where you've been fighting about the same thing for weeks or months or years and you are in a position where you know you don't have a move to make it better you don't have a phrase to make it go away you don't have a thing to solve it and so you're not quitting the relationship you're not running away from the from the marriage or from the relationship but what you're going to do is tap out going I don't have a move so why don't we start over why don't we reset some of you God wants you this morning to respond to his teaching by going to your child going to your boss going to your spouse going to your sibling going to your co-worker going to your teammate and say look we've just been at each other all the time but I'm asking for mercy let's stop this and reset and I'm trusting that you'll release me I'm asking for you to release me in this moment I'm asking for you to let go in this moment let me up off the floor You and I as believers in Jesus need to tap out with the others in our lives and ask for release because mercy is what pride says when there are no other options. If you wanted to take a jujitsu paraphrase of Matthew 5, 7, it's this. Blessed are those who honor the tap for they will be released when they tap. Blessed are those who honor the tap. Let them go. Release them. Stop the fighting. If they apologize to you, that's not the moment to say, well, you shouldn't have opened your mouth and said something to begin with. Nope. If they apologize, that's the tap. We need to honor the tap. Blessed are those who honor the tap, for they will be released when they tap. If you have compassion for others when they are thoughtless or rude in your life, compassion for others who have made foolish decisions and have lots of consequences, if you have compassion for those who have fallen victim to, victim to some of life's sufferings, and congratulations, you are blessed. You are right where God wants you. Luke 6.36 says, Be merciful just as your Father there's a lot of messes there's a lot of conflict there's a lot of suffering there's a lot of wounds there's a lot of sickness let's show mercy let's call out to God for mercy join me in prayer Lord help us to live up to what Jesus is teaching here help us to be people of mercy in our schools, in our offices, in our homes. To not go for the kill. To not hold people to the point of abuse and suffering. But to release them even when they don't deserve it. For God, that's how you've treated us. 
you have shown us mercy. Grow us up in being merciful people. It's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.